Ms. Gorta, are we seeing a new dawn in, in terms of fighting corruption in the, in the, in the public sector? That's, yeah, I think certainly in some respects, um, with with the changes that were made, you know, by the, the new president Cyril Mapoza, I think there's certainly some hope in terms of the you know shifting the, the tide and, and turning the ship around. But there se- there still seems to be a lurking perception that some ministers implicated in gross maladministration of their previous ministries have been rewarded with new portfolios instead of being punished. Is this a fair observation? It is certainly a fair observation. I mean, you know, the, the first minister, certainly to me, that comes to mind is Minister Batabile Lamini um, and, you know, her remaining within cabinet. I think it's possibly, there, there are two reasons why that's one of the most disheartening, I suppose, reshuffles or, or reappointments into cabinet. In the first instance, um, the very obvious mismanagement and maladministration or mismanagement in her post or her portfolio in social development. And I think, you know, South Africans by now are well aware of, of the, the disasters that happened as a result of, of um, Minister Batabile's poor performance. Poor to say, you know, to put it mildly. In the second instance, I think, in terms of why it's so disheartening, is the... The shifting to uh, you know what is really quite an important portfolio in some respects in relation to issues of, of gender inequality in our country. So to be shifted to um, the, the portfolio of women in the presidency doesn't speak well <laughs> for the current cabinet and, and certainly the decisions made by by the president. Of course, we understand the political. There are some political considerations that were made there, but I think that's possibly one of the biggest red flags um, in relation to your question about the the perception that corruption is rewarded or poor performance is rewarded. Mm. What is your assessment of the ongoing ESCOM parliamentary inquiry, given that there were some explosive revelations that were made, but some seem to think that this is just another fishing expedition? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's really interesting... There are many interesting processes that have come of several inquiries. I mean, this one is a parliamentary inquiry and has its has its own um, dictates and structures and so on. And I think it would be you know helpful if we, if we get the chance to to also reflect on the, the kind of general commissions of inquiries that are that are constituted by the president. But to come back to the ESCOM inquiry, perhaps one of the most interesting things has been the way in which the minister. Um, I mean, if if you were able to kind of watch or. or pick up the transcripts, it really has been interesting to see that the line of questioning, the detail and the preparation of, of the parliamentarians um, in, in that process. And, um, and of course, the, the issues around legal representation. And, and, and I think if, if you followed closely those um, interactions, there certainly is room to, to feel encouraged. And I think, you know, there's, 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 there are many reasons why South Africans should feel sceptical about, as soon as you mention the word inquiry or commission, um, there, there is room for scepticism. But I, I think if we really follow that, that line of questioning that was put before the minister, and, and as you say, the many revelations, I sense that there is room for, for some, you know, encouraging change. I think you're right. Uh, as soon as you mention the word commission, it sort of raised an eyebrow. <laughs> but are inquiries enough, though, to apportion blame and deal decisively with transgressors, you think? Because we are also waiting this very most anticipated inquiry of state capture by Judd Zondo. Mm, yeah. And, and that brings us to, to, the, to the very question of, of what inquiries you know, are, are capable of doing and, and what you know, the powers of, an, you know, of a commission of inquiry. And I think there are some weaknesses that um, might lead some to wonder what the point of them is. In the first instance, um, 
a commission's reports or findings, it, it's within the president's uh, uh, discretion whether or not he releases he or she releases the, the you know the findings of a commission of inquiry. It's also a bit tricky in the sense that um, the terms of reference are very often, in fact, should be decided on by a president, a sitting president. And so they have the, the space to, to guide the, the, the procedure or the terms of reference for a commission. So I think, you know, as you say, you point out the, the, the much-awaited, um, you know, commission around state capture. And it's, it's worthwhile reflecting on the many other commissions of inquiry that have been instituted that, you know, because they can only give recommendations, um, you know, to the president or give recommendations to, to cabinet, they, 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 they lack some teeth in some respects and are very expensive, which is the other <laughs> thing that is of concern. Now, we also saw the NPA's announcement uh, about charging the former president, Jacob Zuma. But uh, if you had to rate our ability as a country to fight corruption and hold politicians accountable, how would you say we are faring thus far? I wouldn't say we're doing particularly well. Um, I mean, given that there have been so many commissions um, that, that have been instituted, you know, just, you know, looking back, I think perhaps one of the, the, the biggest, you know, most recent commissions, you know, the Marikana Commission, which, you know, I'm not aware just precisely how much that cost, you know, the state. But again, we were left with the sense of not many ministers, you know, certainly not the, the police commissioner, certainly not the minister of police, and certainly not um, the, the kind of the mining, the, the, you know, lawnmen were, were held to account for that. You know, if you look at the fact that currently, you know, as far as I know, there hasn't been a, a police official that's been um, held culpable or charged um, following that tragedy. And that was quite a hefty and, and intense commission, if you, you know, as, as we all recall. So I think in, in terms of our track record, it's, it's a very patchy one. And if we, again, and I don't want to make it all about the cost to the state or the cost to the taxpayers, but, you know, there was an estimation, for example, that in 2014 uh, or 2015, the handful of commissions that were held then cost the state about 300 um, million rand, which is, which is, you know, big money if you if you really think about it. Um, and the estimation was that it kind of it it uh, you know with that money you could have built about 300 RDP houses. So, on the one hand, I think it's the the the, the explosive revelations or the findings that come out of commissions of inquiry are very often important. And um, not only in raising awareness in the public, but also in outline outlining some of the kind of really. Um, you know, horrible irregularities, corruption and fraud and so on. But on the other hand, um, their failure or their kind of lack of teeth in terms of being able to, um, you know, charge people, you know, beyond just making recommendations, that's that's where I think the, the um, I suppose, the failing or the shortcoming of, of all of these inquiries is. Ms. Gorta, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Albert. That was Sakizwa Kota, the Head of Advocacy and Monitoring at the Public Service Accountability Monitor, PSAM, talking to us about holding politicians accountable for corruption.